This is the Affirm America podcast, where we stand up and speak out affirming American excellence. Coming to you deep in the heart of the Midwest, located in an undisclosed log cabin on the outskirts of town, your host, Marquis Vandemark. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Affirm America podcast on this Thursday, October 27th, we are 12 days out to the most important election midterms in the history of our great nation. Thanks for joining us on the Affirm America podcast. I'm your host, Marquise Vandemark. Fall is most definitely returned. we got chilly mornings in the upper 30s, and we're only going to get up into the upper 50s today. It's great. It's fresh. The leaves smell wonderful. All right, these are your top five headlines for this Thursday. Let's start off with headline number five. Saudi Arabia issues warning to Biden not to drain strategic petroleum reserve. From Town Hall, Saudi Arabia is warning that President Joe Biden's politically motivated draining of the strategic petroleum reserve could cause serious problems for the United States in the near future. Last week, President Biden announced yet another 11 million barrel release from the SPR, falsely claiming the move will lower gas prices for American families at the pump. The SPR is now at its lowest level since 1984 with just 17 days worth of supply left. The White House has been vague about when the Biden administration plans to refill the reserve after Democrats rejected a 2020 proposal from President Donald Trump to fill the SPR at $20 per barrel. From Reuters, Saudi Arabia's energy prince, Abdulaziz bin Salman, said some countries were using their emergency oil stocks to manipulate markets when their purpose should be to mitigate any shortages of supply. Joel Griffith. Biden drained our strategic petroleum reserve to the lowest level since 1984. Rather than stop the war on energy, specifically pipelines, refineries, drilling, and exploration, he risks our national security in a gamble to temporarily lower prices in time for Election Day. Joe Biden's going to go down as one of the worst presidents ever in American history. His He's always wrong. He's always on the wrong side of the issue. Never, ever does he get it right. This is a prime example. He thinks just by using the SPR, the Strategic Petroleum Reserves, to lower gas prices for political reasons and motivation is not at all what a president should be doing. It's not about just maintaining your power. It's not about just maintaining your position, but it's protecting the foreign policy protecting the national security of our nation. And it just shows us why the Democrats cannot run our nation. We have to vote them out. They're, they're destroying our country on all fronts, the border, inflation, energy, our schools, indoctrination, everything that the Democrats touch are destroying our culture. They need to be put in their place. We need to see a red tsunami wave that puts them back so far that they won't rise up again for another 100 years. All right, headline number four. Elon Musk walks into Twitter headquarters carrying a sink. 
Katie Pavlich, its official billionaire entrepreneur Elon Musk and the new owner of Twitter is in the building after purchasing the social media platform for $44 million. Elon Musk entering Twitter headquarters. Let that sink in. CNBC, Musk has until 5 p.m. Eastern time on Friday to complete his deal to buy Twitter or again face the proposition of going to trial. All right, so that's good news. Finally, we're going to see uh, one social media platform, hopefully that's going to open up the floodgates to free speech and allow for the free speech to flow again, not to be censored by these social media oligarchs. This is the time in which we can really take back our, our message, our voice, and to be able to regain that First Amendment right that was lost by the censoring of social media platforms. So Elon Musk is doing the right thing, and he's going to strip that, that company down from 7,500 employees down to 2,500, get rid of all those pink-haired, far-left radical moles that are in there pulling the strings and deciding which speech that you have is acceptable or in which they can delete and remove, and now we can be sure that Elon Musk, once he takes the reins, will allow for that free speech to flow again. It's a great day in America. All right, headline number three. Democrats split on John Fetterman after watching debate performance. NBC News, after getting their first look at John Fetterman in Tuesday night's Pennsylvania Senate debate, fellow Democrats are second-guessing his decision to appear on stage five months after a stroke, and some question whether he should be remained on the ballot at all. He should not have debated. Anyone on his team who agreed to debate should be fired or never work again because that debate may have tanked his campaign, said Chris Kofinis, a veteran Democratic campaign strategist. From the Washington Free Beacon, Sonny Hostin, it takes real bravery to allow people to see your weakness, right? And we know that Fetterman's cognitive abilities have not been compromised. National Review, even Scarborough, who acknowledged Fetterman's problems last night, regressed to the mean of his network and returned to acting as a surrogate for the Pennsylvania Democrat on his show this morning, twisting Oz's words to imply that the Republican was suggesting that the parks and recreation people in local government make decisions on abortion law. Ben Shapiro, according to the media, John Fetterman is perfectly fine. Okay, maybe he's not fine, but you're ableist for noticing. Okay, so again, uh, we know that uh, John Fetterman is not fit to run for office. He should have dropped out long ago. Just shows us that the Democrats and their party have no uh, self-awareness. They're just concerned about power. They're just concerning about a vote from the Pennsylvania Senate seat. And this is why they have to be defeated in November. Because they don't care about you. They don't care about the American people. They only care about their ideological slant, their ideological ideas that they want to push through, their radical leftist Marxist ideas and ideology, their wokeness, their indoctrination of our young people. And their weakness on crime, which we see every single day in the cities around our nation, and the fact that the border is wide open. So if you want more of that, folks, then go ahead and vote the Democrats in. Otherwise, get out there and vote them out on November the 8th, 13 days 
from today. All right, headline number two. Governor Hochul dodging reporters after debating Lee Zeldin. From the New York Post, Governor Kathy Hochul used the old bait-and-switch to avoid post-debate questions from the city's press corps on Wednesday, luring reporters away from a campaign event in Brooklyn and then ducking out a back door. The sneaky strategy unfolded just hours after Hochul's first and only face-off with Republican challenger Lee Zeldin, during which the incumbent Democrat stunningly said she couldn't understand why it's so important to lock up criminals. From the City Journal, lacking much in the way of charisma or retail political skills, governing a state in slow-motion fiscal collapse with spiraling crime and public disorder, Hochul appears on the verge of an historic defeat with tightening polls showing only a few points separating her from her Republican opponent, Congressman Lee Zeldin. New York's blue state model a thick social services infrastructure funded by high taxes and empowered by a highly politicized public sector union complex appears in danger of rejection by an electorate asking if all that expensive government is really worth the price. Early voting in New York begins Saturday. Okay, so again, hey, you know, it's all about crime in New York. It's all about inflation, the economy, stupid. It's all about immigration issues. You had your mayor whining and complaining because you have illegal immigrants being dropped off in cities in New York as a result of the Biden administration's policy on the southern border, which is a total and complete mess. It's impeachable. If you've seen any of the real inside stories of what's going on there with the cartels and how they're bringing drugs into the country and human trafficking going down on the southern border, it's the biggest human crisis in in American history and probably the world history. But you don't hear about it because the mainstream media doesn't cover it. And you have a number of problems. And Hochul is going to be just an example of what's going to happen in 13 days from now when the American people go to the polls and they vote all of these people out because they've gone way too far to the left. American people don't like it. It's going to be a wake-up call on November 9th. All right, headline number one. Justice Alito, Dobbs leak makes conservative judges targets for assassination. National Review, Justice Alito warned Tuesday that the leak of the Supreme Court opinion that overturned Roe v. Wade endangered his life and the lives of his conservative colleagues on the bench. The unauthorized release of the opinion made the conservative justices targets for assassination, Alito said, during an event at the Heritage Foundation. In the immediate aftermath of the Dobbs leak, multiple pro-abortion activist groups held protests in front of the conservative justices' homes in the District of Columbia, Maryland, and Virginia for weeks, sometimes resorting to intimidation tactics. From the Washington Examiner, the major media largely ignored the horrifying story here. After the leak, but before the decision, a left-wing man traveled from California to the Washington, D.C. area with the stated intention of assassinating Supreme Court justices in order to try and prevent Dobbs and thus save Roe. Left-wing extremist Nicholas John Roski wrote his intentions online. I'm going to stop Roe versus Wade from being overturned. Okay, so when the Democrats are out there yelling about how extreme the Republicans are, this is only self-projection. One of the tactics of the left is to always accuse the other party 
what they are doing themselves. So anytime you hear a accusation against the Republican Party, it's because the Democrats are projecting their own thoughts and their own wishes for the people. So this is, uh, this is very dangerous. We can see who are the real extremists. It's not the Republicans at all. It's actually these far-left radicals in almost every incidence. Everything from Antifa down to BLM to this assassination attempt on uh, the Supreme Court justices. Uh, we had the shooting with the Republican uh, baseball team a few years ago, which was a radical leftist that shot up Steve Scalias and, and where he almost lost his life. So the real extremists are the Democrats, most definitely. And anytime they accuse, just like Hillary Clinton the other day, telling us that the Republicans are going to try to steal the election, just means that's exactly what they're planning to do. And they're just putting it out there that it's us, but it's actually them that's the ones that are the perpetrators. So never forget that. That's how they roll. All right, those are your top five headlines for this Thursday. We're just 13 days out from the midterm elections. Thanks for joining us this morning on the Affirm America podcast. I'm your host, Marquise Vandemark. Have a great rest of your day. God bless you, and we'll see you tomorrow. This is the Affirm America podcast with your host, Marquis Vandemark. And let's never forget, America is great, and we affirm it.